Thank you for joining us for Love That VoiceOver. In-depth interviews unveiling the personality and projects behind the mic with none other than your chic geek, perfectly different host, Love That Rebecca. This episode picks up on part two of our interview with Dino Andrade. Moving on, though. Sure. You know, I don't know if this is significant for you or not, but you have quite the resume. Thank you. It's quite amazing. And you have a nice balance, in my opinion, between what you list on your resume for features, commercials, video games, online series, and television. You have a a real uh, balance between all of those. Sure, one's a little heavier than some of the others. But in general, you've had some nice experience in all of those types of voice acting. So Thank you. Yeah. So now what is your experience? Do you feel that there's a big difference between those types of work? Uh, yeah. (laughs) So how could you describe that? What is your experience with that? Well, when doing, when doing projects, uh, of, of varying budgets, Ah. (laughs) uh, the, the experience can, can be very, very different. So it it has less, it has less to do with, uh, you know, with whether or not it's a, it's a, an online thing versus a video game versus it depends more on the size of the budget. I mean, for example, uh, most video games for me have been very much an in out experience. Just, you know, jump in, do your stuff, read the lines, get out of there and, and that's it over said and done. But Batman Arkham Asylum was like working on a feature film. It, it was very intense, very intense work, uh, working with uh, director Colette Sunderman. And, and it was... You were like in Hollywood, heart of Hollywood at that moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was it was really amazing. You know, there are there Warner Brothers executives involved, people like Paul Dini. You know, it's just, it, it's, it's a, it was amazing stuff. Um, you know, and then World of Warcraft is an entirely different kind of experience where... Where you have there's there's no chance to do any preparation because it's so secretive and you you pretty much have to be able to cold read walk in you don't know what you're going to do until you're ready to go. Uh, uh, the, How do you the, audition the, for something like that? Uh, well, the audition copy is very vague. Huh. Uh, they, they 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 tell you what the race is and some uh, some line. They give you a few choice lines and then some impact sounds. You know, uh, say this line as if you're dying. Say this line as if you've been wounded. Say this line as if you're the one doing the attacking, and, and then you're brought in uh, if you get the part. Uh, and and then you you are handed the script. And actually, you're not even really handed the script. Script's in a three ring binder in the booth, <laughs> and the writer is piped into your head. Headphones. This is okay. Let me tell you what you're doing. You know, because there's nothing in that script but the lines. There's no descriptive stuff at all. So, that's a whole other ball game. Uh, you know, every every one of these projects is, is different, and budget is always the defining you know thing to change that ambiance or that flow of that kind of project. Uh-huh. Yeah, because yeah, right, right. Because you know, if you you've given some nice illustrations just now in terms of. The video game. First of all, you can have a level of secrecy, like you just described. Are there other mm-hmm. other other games that have that level of secrecy that you've worked on? Well, yeah. Well, they all do. I mean, there's there's one thing that 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 is common among video games is the signing of the NDA, a non disclosure agreement, and that. That seems to be very, very typical of video games, which is something that you know actors who've been around a while have a hard time with because you, we 
it, it's 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 kind of standard operating procedure for an actor who's trying to make a living to promote what you're working on at the moment because that kind of gives everyone you know that that feeling that you're hot you're wanted exactly. you know whereas if you're only allowed to promote something after it comes out you have to hope to hell that when it comes out it's not badly reviewed it doesn't suck it doesn't you know because then if it sucks well then you're linked to that suckage so it, it's <laughs> and, and so to that, put it bluntly yeah yeah so this piece of work becomes absolutely useless to you to help you get your next job so th- i mean this is why actors have uh you know have have promotional folk <laughs> yeah <laughs> no you're right the, you're right this, this is this is why they have press agents so that they can say hey i'm in such and such filming right now or shooting right now and that just makes everybody say wow this guy's hot i mean how many times have you heard you know oh my god how many movies is this guy in this year and several of those announcements are for things that are currently in production you just you're just not allowed to do that in the video game world and i guess that it's because there's concern that secrets of the game could be given away what have you and you know that's that i i guess that's how they're you know they're they're gonna they're gonna approach it uh let me ask you a question based on your experience not based on any particular game but are you finding out secrets while you're doing voiceover so that you really that non-disclosure is having an impact on what you're actually saying besides the fact that you're working on the project do you get in the, in the uh, well, inside? <laughs> maybe, maybe somebody has. I haven't um, because from what I've been able to observe in most video games, uh, most of the secrets have to do with action. You know, you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to solve the puzzle. Right. It's not usually in the lines. Right. You know? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Uh, that was so, what I was wondering. So I personally um, have not had that experience of, of, oh, wow, now I know if I jump on that crate and rub my tummy and pat my head at the same time by pushing the X and O button simultaneously, I'll win the game. Is that, that just hasn't <laughs> been the case for me. So, you know, I, I really, I, I really couldn't answer that. Well, well, well let's, well, you, you did answer that. You didn't, but you no, haven't, I, you haven't come across any. Yeah. Um, Let's let's jump into the video games now. You've had some uh, nice variety here, um, from Guitar Hero to World of Warcraft to Batman. Um, yes, you mentioned in another interview and a little bit today with me how Batman was sort of the Hollywood experience. I think sure. talk a little bit about that that game experience versus uh, another one that's maybe a real opposite. Well, uh, here's here's two completely opposite things. Here, uh, Batman: Arkham Asylum was was very much uh, a major studio project. I'm working with directors who I, I have have you know worked on Emmy award winning shows. Uh, again, Colette Sunderman and you know Paul Dini and, and stars like like Mark Hamill and, mm-hmm. and Kevin Conroy and you know I mean it's an incredibly marvelous people working on this. The kind of thing where I'm I'm just you know pinching myself. Saying <laughs> I am I am so so very lucky to have been involved in this project. Right. And that that's that's a that's a terrific terrific feeling and and uh, I love it. Now uh on the other hand um on the other hand working on 
uh, a game that I did called Bossera 3, uh, I voiced a character by the name of uh, Kenshin. And uh, this character was uh, a character that I auditioned for for a director who mostly does anime, a wonderful guy by the name of uh, Taliesin Jaffe. Uh, great, great, terrific guy uh, who wanted me for this character. Uh, and I, I read for it, but the final casting decision, um, he had, as far as I know, very little to do with, that it was actually Japanese producers of the original Japanese language uh, stuff, uh, and uh, I was not allowed to see any of the previous stuff because they wanted an original take on this, you know, which was very different from, say, Arkham Asylum, where I did a lot of research right. before. Ah. before uh, where I, you know, plowed through my 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 Arkham Asylum graphic novel and and Batman Vampire and uh, uh, Gotham After Midnight right. and all these things that I I, I plowed through that uh, feed before. that story that feed yeah, that the yeah, history yeah. of and how the origins right. of that story exactly exactly whereas the Basra three uh, it, it it in many ways it had more to do with making the Japanese producers happy with hearing an American version of their character that they wanted and then they actually flew in from Japan and sat in on the sessions to make sure we were delivering exactly what they wanted and because it was an Ameri a Japanese video game translated into English uh, I was completely locked in uh, in the performance. Uh, you know, there was there was only only so much room to say each line, just like working on anime, uh, as opposed to again Arkham, where where there were lots of moments where I was told to just you know go with go with what I feel. I mean, I also did in Arkham Asylum uh, a number of the lunatics in the asylum, and almost all of the lunatics were improved. Oh, uh, so where Colette Sutter just said, "Just, just go." Yeah, they wanted and, to create an ambiance. Yeah, and I went, and there was there was none of that in Basra Three. And it were was, you so in Basra Three? I see it as Sengoku Basra on your resume, Samurai right, yes. Heroes. Yeah. Um, yeah. In this case, the only thing I'm not quite sure I understand is were you were you lip syncing something that had already been created in Japanese? Yes. Okay. All right. So, yes. so in yeah, this so case, you're really dealing with lip syncing and really communicating with American uh, style of voice as well as yeah. English. You're really putting that on top of something that was already developed. Was this correct? Now, was the Batman Arkham Asylum developed? No, not if you were ad libbing and and improving. Correct or. Correct. Mm. Correct. I mean, there was some animation that was already done for sure. For sure. There were definite scenes, you know, but, but I mean, like the mouths were not animated and, and uh, the timing of my performance was not, you know, did not have to be absolutely exact. Uh, but there, there was, there, there was a, uh, there was a lot of animation that had already been done. That's pretty standard for, for video games. Um, certain scenes that are definitely platforms again, to other levels of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, uh, when I work on, on World of Warcraft, uh, I never get to see any animation. I have no idea how much of, of what's animated, and, in, and, and I'm not having to match anything. I, I, Do you get to uh, see a character drawing? Do you know? No. No, so you don't even have an image of the character that you're portraying. Yeah, yeah no, I have no clue. Fascinating. I have no idea. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, a number of the characters that I do, like Geblin Mechatork and Fungal Mancer Glop and a lot of these guys, I, I had to research online after the fact to find out what these guys even looked like. Because <laughs> uh, I, 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 really, I really had no clue. And these guys just let me improvise all over the place. Uh, so, so, and, j- and just play and have fun. So that, how did they so direct I, I, you? How did they? How did they work with? How did they let you play in front of the mic? Were you with other people? Were you alone in the booth? No, I was alone. I was alone in the booth. Um, I was alone in the booth. It was, you know, it, it's just a case of having the writer piped into my headphones and saying, "Okay, here is the scene," and then I immediately use uh, some visualization techniques to try and you know put myself there. Like, for example, the the Mechatork speech uh, that he gives, the 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 Battle of Nomragon speech. They they describe for me that it's this is kind of like. Uh, the speech that Saruman gives to the orcs kind of thing where it's just, just, you know, big crowd of people hearing you. And that to me was not a good image because Saruman, of course, is a villain, whereas Mechatork was not. And so what I immediately fixed in my head, just trying to think of something to visually put myself there, and I immediately thought of was the speech that Roddy McDowell as Caesar gives at the end of his of uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Fantastic. And I just... I, I jumped into that, and that's where the spa- the Battle of Nomragon speech comes from. Not that I tried to imitate, you know, Roddy McDowell, but that was the image I had in my head of of the city burning and all of the the, the throng of apes listening to every word as he stood up on the concrete block and delivered that passion speech and understood they had victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know, I I you know. I'm, I'm, I still, because I've got the little one at home, haven't been able to get to the movies. I haven't seen the remake, uh, Rise of the Apes. So I don't even know if that scene's in there or if it's just in the original. But uh, if you see the original film, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, not Rise of the Apes, you'll see that sequence with, with Caesar uh, as played by Roddy McDowell. Yeah, I'm sure we can find it on YouTube. There you go. There you go. So, so, so don't don't look for it in Rise of the Apes. I don't know if it's in the remake or not. So, but but it is definitely in the original. Go. Well, this see is Conquest. part of where an actor gets inspiration. What you've just yeah, demonstrated yeah, yeah. is how how you find inspiration. Um, yeah, I do a lot of visualization. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about another game you have listed. Well. I'm curious about this one, Guitar Hero on tour. Tell us about your Guitar experience Hero. there. Yeah. That was fun. This was a version of Guitar Hero that was done for the DS, and which to me was was just like, how is that going to work? How do you, you know, because you, you, you don't actually have the guitar. And For the, and the, for the non-Guitar the, Hero people, what does the uh, DS mean on the uh, DS? The, the, the Nintendo DS, it's a handheld uh, game system with two screens. I believe DS stands for dual screens. Okay. And and so it's, it's it's basically a kid's version of Guitar Hero, and it actually has this thing that the DS fits into that allows you to play the guitar. But I didn't know that at the time because that was a big secret. And I, I, oh. we asked the producers, we asked the producers, how is this going to work? And the producer said, uh, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because this was a this was a huge secret. Ah, uh, there you go. There's a so, secret you came across. Uh, and they so, didn't get it. and so that was, but but you know, you didn't I mean, get yes, it uncovered though. <laughs> I, I didn't get it uncovered. Though. Yeah, uh, but that was it. Was so it was more or less a kids' version of Guitar Hero. So it had all of these wonderful voiceovers, like fans screaming things like, "Hey, sign my shorts," you know, <laughs> "Sign my fish," "Yo, Braga," you know, and all this kind of you know fun, fun crowd stuff. So that was a really good time. That was that was a blast. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah I, I loved it. It was it was actually one of the very first games that I was cast in uh, by casting director Bridget Burdine, who oh. was also the casting director of World of Warcraft, whom tragically, last holiday season, we lost her in a traffic accident. Mm. Uh, and it was, it was, it was, a, it was quite, quite a loss, quite a tragedy. Um, so if, you, if, you, if anybody out there is a fan of World of Warcraft, uh, she's a huge reason why, because if we, the cast, sucked, you wouldn't be able to play the game. That's right. So, That's right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we we miss you so much, Bridget. She was she was awesome. She was absolutely awesome. That's very sweet. That's very sweet. Speaking of casting for games, um, how have you been found? You, the games are a big part of your voiceover. I'm mm-hmm. I'm seeing on your resume. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, my my agent my agent said when I first signed with her, boy, we got to get you into some games. And uh, yeah, she's done her job. Ah. <laughs> she's uh, yeah. I have auditioned for an awful lot, and I've gotten an awful lot, and I've got more coming out. That because of non disclosure agreements, you I can't, can't mention. Tell you about. Oh, I can't mention. Well, congratulations uh, so. and keep it going. You've got quite a few there. Is World of Warcraft the one that continues on the most for you? You know, it's it's it is the one that feels like a watershed moment, and so I'm very very proud to be part of it. I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of of not just animation but of film history. And when you look at when you look at uh, the jazz singer, you see a a turning point where where sound comes into film. When you see uh, when you when you see Jurassic Park, you see a change in in how uh, you know films will be made from then on using digital technology for digital effects and so on. Right. When I look at World of Warcraft, I see you know a, a, a true change in interactive storytelling. This giant, this this gigantic interactive animated feature that is ongoing it's 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 it is it is a water change in, in or this is the term sea change i feel like an idiot now sea change sea change yeah in in how we look at at animated storytelling uh and i'm very very proud to be part of it i really am do you um work with the uh, the writers directly in this case in this particular video game yeah, no, the, the writers tell me, the writer for each particular sequence in World of Warcraft will actually be piped into your headphones to describe to you what the scenes are that you're doing. So this is a very, very unique way to work, but, uh, but I have never actually worked with the writers but, per but se. But that is working with the writers as a voiceover actor. Okay, well, yes. <laughs> That's um, what I meant, because gotcha. I'm looking at it from the perspective of being gotcha. a voiceover gotcha. actor. Gotcha. Oftentimes, for people who don't know, gotcha. um, we are being directed by people who haven't necessarily partaken in the writing of that script, particularly for commercials. You might have a, a, a creative director who is part of that process, but there are usually other writers who wrote that actual script. Correct. Okay. And so in this case, though, you actually have the real writers who wrote the real lines that you're reading, right working there, with yeah. you. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. So, does, so how does that feel compared to the other genres of work that you do voiceover in? It's very cool. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very cool. Um, being a fan of science fiction, horror, and fantasy, uh, it, it, it works really well because I speak their language. Uh, you cannot write that stuff unless you're a fan. Uh, 
And so it's really helpful to be working with an actor who is a fellow fan. And when, when, when they tell me that, okay, we're doing this scene now with this dwarf named Ensign Ebert that you're going to voice, and this creature comes up, and it's like a Cthulhu, and let me tell, let me give you a picture or something. It's like, yeah, I know what that is. H.P. Lovecraft, I've got it. Move on. You yep. Know? Yeah, Lovecraft, it's like, it's, yes. It's like, it's like I've, got, you know, I've got it. Or they're describing uh, this character I did, the, the Twilight Servant, that they said, yeah, he's kind of like, he's, um, he's, he's like a character by the name of Grimer Wormtongue from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, played by Brad Dourif in the movie. Yeah, I got it. Okay. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like I speak their language. And so I, we can get to the heart of, of what we're doing really, really easy. They don't have to spend a half hour explaining to me what an orc is, you know, uh, because I'm just saying, I'm sorry, guys, I don't know what that is. So I'm not feeling it. And I can't give you the, the performance you want. Um, and, and in fact, uh, in, in training actors, because I, I do a lot of teaching, uh, teaching new actors, how to create characters and so on for, for animation. Um, when I do deal with actors who don't have a grounding in, in sci-fi horror and fantasy, we do a lot of uh, work with substitution, finding things in the real world that will act as substitutes that you can visualize on while you're doing this heightened sense of pretend that we do for right. our, 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 our industry. I have the advantage of not really having to worry about that. Because I, I know all of this stuff uh, extremely well. So uh, when, when a writer or somebody says it's like that, it's like, got it know what that is, you know. Right, yeah. Uh, um, you know, when, when I, I, I auditioned for a video game that I didn't get, but, but uh, the director said, for this character, we're looking more, uh, more Rorschach, less Batman. I know what that means, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, I actually bought The Watchmen in its original 12 issues when it was originally sold back in the 80s, you know. So, you know, I know what that is. So, so yeah, uh, um, every actor has their own set of tools. Every actor has to you work differently in, in these areas. But this is one area in which I feel I do have an advantage is that you I do. am a big fan and I do, know, I do know the genres. I do know what these things are. Yeah, talk about a blend of, of all the good worlds for you. This is the end of part two of Dino Andrade's interview on Love That Voiceover. Tune in to part three next.